Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. I'm Pastor Mike. Glad to have you with us this morning. I want to jump in. Um, it is week three of a six-week series. That's how many fingers it is. A six-week series um, um, that we've called Tough as Nails. And it's about the book of Daniel. And the reason it's called Tough as Nails is because Daniel is a story of a guy who gets taken from his native land and taken away to a really, really bad scene. A culture that is ungodly, a culture that is kind of crazy, to be quite honest. And as a matter of fact, in the Bible, it is the culture that's talked about more than any others. From Genesis to Revelations, Babylon is a place that is talked about. And and and, and there's an issue there. So I named... Um, I was thinking for those of you who are old enough to, to know who I'm about to mention, um, I was, I was thinking of Billy Joel. If you remember the musician Billy Joel, the piano man, um, he sang a song called, I'm in a New York state of mind. You may have heard that song. And we all can relate. If you've been to New York, if you've gotten a chance to see a Broadway show or kind of walk down with all the crazy lights and stuff, um, you know, we understand there's a, there's, yeah, there's a New York state of mind. We could say that a bunch of, about a bunch of places. You know, you go over to the beach. You know, at the beach or maybe in the Keys, there's a there's a Keys state of mind. Come on, somebody like, you know, laid back, flip flops. You know, you don't wear pants in the Keys. You wear shorts. Right. And, and, and so I want to talk to you today because I think one of the things that we can learn as we're study, studying the book of Daniel, and we're actually going to be in chapter four. So if you want to grab your Bible and, 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 and we're going to look at the story in chapter four uh, quite a bit. But I want to submit to you this. There is a Babylon state of mind. There's a Babylon state of mind. That's that's the title of today's message. And it starts in Genesis, and it's talked about in Revelation. It is talked about all throughout the Bible. And the Babylon state of mind is actually the issue that you and I both have every day that we're battling and we're dealing with. All right, so somebody just kind of leave that teaser there. I'll show you what I mean as we get into it. Let's jump into Daniel 4. Verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember, King Nebuchadnezzar is the king that has gone in and taken the Israelites away from their home and taken, burned their stuff and tore up their city and brought them all and now they're slaves uh, in Babylon to King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar, check this out, to the people, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. Now, if you've been reading this story with us and following, you're going, whoa, 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 time. Like, because Nebuchadnezzar was like jerk daddy. I mean, you know, like he he was a bum and, and not nice and all this kind of stuff. What happens? Well, in chapter 4, we're going to learn this amazing story. And actually, chapter 4, it starts with the ending. So this is the ending of the story. After what happens to him, this is the way he responds to the story. And he responds, may you prosper greatly. The miraculous signs and wonders of the Most High God that he's performed for me. How great are his signs. How mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. 
And, and it starts there. And what I love about it starting there is the reality that it's actually saying this is what it looks like when you come out of a Babylon state of mind. This is, this is the result of getting away from a Babylon state of mind. Now, let me set the stage a little bit as we're kind of understanding what, what do we mean by a Babylon state of mind? What do, what do, what do we mean that, that we are in a place that we're thinking the way Babylon thinks? Well, let me start with 1 John 2 and 16. For everything in the world, okay, so everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, I'm going to I'm going to put a, a word on that to help us understand it. I'm going to say comfort. The lust of the flesh. My flesh wants things that I see, right? I, I, and it's comfort, right? For some of us, we're it's food. For me, I'm a food person, right? Like if I'm happy, let's eat. If I'm ha- I, I'm upset, let's go eat. Uh you know, anybody else an emotional eater or am I just telling my stories here? But anyway, so lust of the flesh is about comfort. And then it says, lust of the eyes. That is, I think, we could put the title on that one, control. Right? I want this, and I want that, this is mine. Right? And the, and the lust of the eyes. And the next one is the pride of life. <clears throat> I'm going to put there the word significance. It is my personal belief that you can take every sin and every bad behavior that we have in our life and take it back to these three things. Comfort, control, or significance. It's either I'm trying to make myself comfortable. It feels good. I like it. I want to touch it, smoke it, drink it, eat it, right? Like, like that's, it's the feel good thing. Or control. I, I like being in control. I don't like, like, I think oftentimes our anger comes because we lack control or we feel like we lack control. So we respond in anger in that process. Or significance. I like trophies. Right? Everybody liked the gold star when you were in kindergarten? Right? I got more gold stars than you do. Right? And, and so significance. But look at this. All these things in the world come not from the Father, but from the world. All right? Now I want to say what we're doing here is we're starting to set the stage of what is a Babylon state of mind. And here are kind of our main things. This comfort, control, significance. Look at John 17. This is Jesus talking. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Okay? So Jesus is praying to the Father, and he sees the people, and the people are having all kinds of problems in this world. Anybody have any problems in this world? Anybody seen any junk around you? Anybody got any dysfunction in your family? Duh, we all do, right? And he looks in our situation, and I think says the same thing. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the evil one. So Satan, the devil, the evil one, has schemes, has things that he's trying to do while we're in this world that he's trying to get us off track. And I think you can go back to comfort, control, significance, right? That these are the temptations. It says this, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We're not of this world unless we choose to be of this world. And that is a Babylon state of mind. Let me let me explain what I mean. If you go back to Genesis, the original fall, right? The fall of man, right? So Adam and Eve are standing there, and what does Satan say to to to, to Eve? He's like, God doesn't know what he's talking about. You're not going to die if you eat this fruit. Like, doesn't it look good? What's that? Oh, 
lust of the of the eyes, right? I, comfort, yeah, I want that. Then it'll look good. It's going to make you smarter, significant, right? And God's just trying to hold you back. Control, I want control of my own life. Do any of these strike home with any of you with decisions we make and things that we do? This is our sin nature. This is the Babylon state of mind. And, and what basically Satan is trying to convince us is, hey, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's, it, it's the way you feel. If you feel it, good, go for it, do it. If it makes you happy, take control. Um, yeah, get more toys, right? Remember the bumper sticker? He who dies with the most toys wins. Uh, remember that one? And the answer is, no, they don't. Um, there is no U-Haul behind any hearses that I've ever seen. Taking all your junk with you and your money and your stuff. It just doesn't happen that way. Well, that story continues. Like, that was the fall. But let's, let's look at Genesis 11.4. Not that long afterward, you have the story of Babylon, Babel, this is where Babel comes from. This is the original. So this is all the way in Genesis, way before Daniel. And the people say this. This is their heart. Listen to the Babylon state of mind. Then they said, Kim, let us build a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make make a name for ourselves. Do you hear comfort, control, and significance? Do you hear all of those things in that scenario? And what happens is God had commanded them, I need you to scatter out all over the earth. I'm going to try to populate and have a whole bunch of different nations. I'd like to have a different people groups. And they go, that's a great idea. No, I don't think so. We're going to build a tower. Why? Because it's all about me. Because it's, it's, cause, cause I know better. Because I'm, I'm smarter than you, God. And I think sometimes we're bad in the same way. That we are like, ah, yeah, I, I know I'm supposed to pray, but... I'm just going to go do this and kind of manipulate or control this situation because I know better. And what we really are saying is I know better than God, right? And so it goes on Genesis 11 and 9. That is why it was called Babel. They built the tower and this was the Tower of Babel because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. I want you to understand that word Babel means confusion. So in other words, the Babylon state of mind is a confusion that leads to madness. It's a confusion that leads to chaos. I don't even have to preach this at you. And no one has to preach at you that if you follow the world's ways long enough, it's going to create chaos. Right? Like some people will will say to me, I just want to do my own thing and everything. And when I was a younger pastor, I would try to, you know, chase after them. and, And no, don't do it. And this kind of stuff. And what I really have come to the place is, you know, you can't argue someone out of the decisions they're making most of the time. But here's what I know. They'll be back. Because there's nothing this world has to offer out there in comfort, control, and significance that is going to satisfy the heart, right? Uh, we were talking about it at the gym this week, uh, the whole battle um, <laughs> between Bezos and Elon Musk. And the, and the argument they have back and forth, because there's this constant battle of who's the richest, Right. And so Amazon stock drops and all of a sudden the other one's the richest. And then this and that. And it's like, I mean, they're they're worth like two hundred billion dollars. When is enough enough? And the answer is never, never, because the the sinful Babylon state of mind heart in us is never satisfied with things of this world. We will only find satisfaction when it's things of God. Now, let me go from Genesis. I talked in Genesis. I mean, all the way to the end of the book. Let's, let's look at Revelations. Check this out. 
The name written on her forehead, this is, this is a beast, this is kind of in times and it's prophetic, but look at this. The name written on her forehead was a mystery. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and the abomination of the earth. Like, so it's in the beginning of, 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 of the Bible, it's at the end of the Bible. Hey, let's go to the middle of the Bible. How about Isaiah? Isaiah 47. Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure. You're going to hear comfort, control, and significance. You lover of pleasure, lounging in your security. I would say another way to translate that would be self-security. In other words, I'm not God-secured. I'm self-secured. I got this. I, I, I got this, right? I got control. And saying to yourself, I am, and there is none beside me. Look at this. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of child. Both of these will overtake you in a moment on a single day. Loss of children and widowhood. They will come upon you in full measure in spite of your many sorceries and all your potent spells, right? We do all kinds of wacky, weird things in, in trying to have control and comfort and significance. You have trusted in your wickedness and have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge mislead you when you say to yourself, and it says it again, I am, and there is none beside me. This is the Babylon motto. This is the, the Babylon state of mind motto. I am, and there is none beside me. So what is the scheme of the enemy and what is happening? Now, let me stop for a second and go back to, we, we were reading the story in, in Daniel 4. What happened to King Nebuchadnezzar? Well, he had another dream. Okay, he's got a dream and he has a dream about this huge tree. And the tree gets cut down, but there's a stump left. And it's this, it's kind of the same thing that's happened before where he had a dream and he wants somebody to interpret it and nobody else can interpret it, but Daniel. So Daniel comes and he says, um, uh, the tree's you. And, and, and can you imagine the boldness that it would take to stand before this pagan king and to say to him, uh, yeah, you're going to get cut down. Um, but he does. And, and he says, but a stump is left. And here's what I love about our God. This is true about every one of our stories. Although God may allow us to be punished, although God may allow us to fall for us to learn a lesson, he always leaves a stump, right? He always leaves the possibility of roots that can be regrown. And so the story goes, he says, you're going to be cut down and you are going to live like an animal. You're going to eat grass. You're going to grow claws. You're going to, and that's exactly what happened. Literally, because of a Babylon state of mind, Nebuchadnezzar goes crazy. He, he, he literally loses it, and the whole story, he's a beast. Hairy dude, eating grass, living like a beast for years. What we read was the reality of the backside of that. That God decided, okay, he's learned a lesson, and now I'm going to pull him from the Babylon state of mind, and he'll know that I'm God. Right? This is, this is the battle from the beginning of time, the end of time, and what you and I are dealing with every day. The voices that will do this. One, they will elevate self. Well, elevate self, right? We become self-adoring. What do I mean by that? Oh. Selfie generation, right? Like, and, and, and I just want, I just want to put something out there. I think that whole selfie scenario is that statement. I am, and there is no one beside me in this picture. Look at me, right? We, we, we've got to be, really careful about the idea that we're self-adoring. And then we get into the mindset of self-building. I got this. I'm going to build this. I'm going to do, I tell you what, Hey God, I'll come meet with you on Sundays. And if anything goes bad, I'll come ask you to give me a hand. Other than that, I really don't want you to have anything to do with my life. 
You know, I, I, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to live by your rules or do it your way. I, I just, I just, cause, cause I'm self building. Or the other part of that is we're self indulging. Right? What is that? That is, that is comfort, man. I, I, whatever feels good. Right? What, whatever feels good to you. And while I had a conversation this week, um, with a group of people and there was a guy and he was telling me that his belief system was kind of based on the idea that when Jesus died on the cross, he forgave everybody. So everybody's saved and everybody's going. And so I asked him a simple question. I just said, well, help me to understand what do you base that belief on? And he said, well, you know, I just feel that blah, 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 blah. And I said, so your, your whole basis for belief system is based upon your, your feelings. And, and, you know, he kind of got where I was going that, but that is, listen to me, self-indulgence. That's, I've got this, right? Self-adoring. And so that's exactly what happened at the beginning. That was the original fall as they, she, she, as, as Satan looked at Eve and says, you don't have to worry about God. Like you can do this and you can have control. And if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God. This is the Babylon state of mind. And this is exactly why, um, that God decided to punish Nebuchadnezzar, right? And, and let him go and live like a wild beast. And quite honestly, I think some of us, maybe we should stop and realize, has God taken his hand of blessing off of me because I've become so elevated in self? Because the next part of that, what Satan did in the garden, what's trying, what they're trying to do, what Nebuchadnezzar did in Daniel, what we'll see at the end of time is also the lowering of God. So there's things, messages like this. God doesn't love me. Doesn't, he doesn't love me because I've got this going on and that going on. I see other people have stuff going on, right? And what is that? That's, that's Satan whispering in our, that's a Babylon state of mind. That he's not a loving God and he does, and if, and, and of course he loves you. Because you're in a bad circumstance right now does not define whether God loves you, right? And, and that's, a, that's an elevation of self within itself. Because if things are good for me, then that must mean God loves me. Well, you know what? He's a good parent. And as a good parent, guess what? I've punished my kids quite a bit. It wasn't a good time for them. But did I love them? Of course I did. Right? A good loving father corrects. And, and, and so there's times. Or, or maybe it comes like this. God isn't for me. You know, I just, I just don't feel like he's paying attention to me or he's not for me. And nothing could be further from the truth. He has... You, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like he, you you are in his thoughts. He is concerned. But what we have to understand is there's a certain way that God does things. Let me say it to you this way. God created a universe and he created things to go a certain way. You might have a better way of doing things. The problem is you don't have a universe. (laughs) Right? Like he's the creator. He's the one that designed it to be. And we will get to the point where we look at God and criticize, I could run this universe better. I I could run this planet better. Like, I don't know why kids are starving and this is going on and I don't understand that. And the whole idea of people having to go to hell, you know, and and there's something wrong that God, that's all messed up. And, And in that moment, what did we just do? We just elevated self and we just lowered God. The The other thing we might say is, you know what? God wants too much from me. He wants me to give up this. He wants me to give me that. He wants me to do this. I'm supposed to get plugged in with the church and all these kind of things. And what I would say for you is this, is the opposite of that, is that God does want much for you, but what he wants is the blessing for you. 
and his ways put into play change everything. See, the Babylon state of mind is the exact opposite of the fact that God is, and he is the great I am. You know, that whole I am and there's none beside me, that is a mockery of the statements that, that God makes when he says, I am. I am who I am. I, he is all things. And so a Babylon state of mind is when we get to the place where we start elevating self, lowering God, questioning him, being a bit prideful and arrogant like we're somehow smarter than him. So what happens is, is Nebuchadnezzar, his sanity is restored. What does that mean? He comes out of a Babylon state of mind. And let's read just a little bit about this. Daniel 4, and I'm going to skip down to verse 34. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of earth. That's a powerful statement. Right? That's, that is the exact opposite of the Babylon state of mind. The Babylon state of mind is going to question him and doubt him and think it knows better. No, 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 no. He does as he pleases and it's great and it's good and he is God. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Right? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. In other words, you know what? Look at this. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than I was before. Man, that is what is so amazing about our God. As I'm saying this today, you might recognize some Babylon state of mind thoughts that you've had. Like you might recognize, because every one of us is battling with a Babylon state of mind. On a daily basis, the way I want it, the way I see it, my ideas, right? My opinions. But when we, and, and, and here's the way I would say it to you. You really have two choices. You can humble yourself or you can be humbled, right? And what happened with Nebuchadnezzar? He had to be humbled and it was ugly and it wasn't real cool, you know, in that whole process. But we can humble ourselves and say, you know what? I've got to stop thinking that I'm so big and bad. I've got to stop talking about what I've built in my home. God has allowed me to build this. I've got to stop looking at, at my paycheck as my paycheck. It's God's paycheck, right? We talk about tithing the 10%. And for many people, they give the 10%. Okay, God, there's your money. You know what? It's all his money. It, it all was his in the first place. So see, the Babylon mentality just creeps into us. And, 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 and this is what is being restored. So, so it goes on and says, at the same time, my sanity was restored. My honor, splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors, nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right. And all his ways, check this out, are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Boy, those last few words, are those not powerful? Right? And do you hear, you, you hear the switch from the Babylon state of mind that questions and doubts and controls and looks for significant and comfort and all that to these statements. Let me read those again. Everything he does is right. And all his ways are just. 
And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. So how do we respond? You and I are battling a Babylon state of mind every single day. I mean, every single day. We're battling selfish, greedy desires that that are about us and the way we want it. So how do we practically combat that? Let me give you three ideas as we close out the teaching today. One, I will exalt God. I will exalt God. I've got to begin to actively exalt him. What does that mean? Well, that means I need to worship. I've got to have ways that I purposefully exalt him and lift him up. Look at Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. I want you to picture um, Saturday's football games. And, and, and what happens when the home team scores? Everybody comes off their seats, hands in the air, high-fiving, hugging each other, going crazy and all that. And then those same people come sit in church on Sunday morning and do what? I don't want to get too crazy. Why is it that on Saturday we go crazy and you call it a fan, but on Sunday you go crazy and they call it a fanatic? We're going to have to exalt him and humble ourselves in this process. It's not about me and it's not about my comfort. I've got to begin to exalt God. Number two, I will acknowledge God. I will acknowledge God. What do I mean by that? I'll mean I acknowledge all day long the breath you gave me, right? The job you have given me, you can take it away tomorrow. The family you have given me, the husband, the spouse, the wife, the children, the, the cars. This, like I will acknowledge. Look at First Corinthians 4 and 7. What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you have accomplished something on your own, right? We've got to acknowledge him. So if we're going to battle this Babylon state of mind, this questioning, doubting God, arguing with God, pride, arrogance, all this, it's going to be because we take time to exalt him, we worship him. And then we acknowledge him all day long. Like I see God, what you're doing here. And you've, you've allowed me to be in this place. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing I've done. You gave me the breath. You gave me the, the brains. You gave me the personality. You wired me this way so that I could fulfill this and do something that's great for you that brings glory to you. And number three, listen, I will humble myself. Can I beg you, honestly, to humble yourself? And not have to be humbled. Right? That God, he will honor a humble heart. Look at James 4 and 10. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So, So let me ask you today. Where is the Babylon mentality, the Babylon state of mind? Where is that creeping in in you in, in your daily life? Where is that creeping in where it's like it's about me and it's what I want and all those kind of things? And let me ask you to consider exalting, acknowledging, and then humbling yourself. Why? Because the battle that's inside of us is an exalting of self and a lowering of God. And we've got to work on doing the exact opposite, that I humble myself and I exalt him. The, the scripture says, I must decrease and he must increase. Right? So let me pray for you as you consider um, this Babylon state of mind battle that you have going on inside of you and how you're going to exalt him, acknowledge him, 
and humble yourself. Father, thank you for your word today. We acknowledge you. Gosh, God, we are grateful. Everything we have is simply because you have allowed us to have it. It could all be taken away tomorrow. And, and, and so we, we acknowledge, God, your sovereignty. We acknowledge your grace. We acknowledge your, your mercy and your love. We exalt you. We worship you. We give you praise and we thank you for who you are and, and what you continue to be. And God, we humble ourselves. I am nothing without you. I have nothing to offer that is worth anything to this world or other people or, or, or to the glory of your kingdom without you. And so, God, would you uh, renew in us a right mind? Would you, God, restore our sanity the way Nebuchadnezzar's sanity was restored? That we might acknowledge, exalt, and understand you are all as we humbly walk through and do what you have called us to do, fulfilling your purposes, your destiny, your plan. We thank you, God. And now give us courage to walk out what we've learned today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a great week. Love you guys. And we'll see you next week online. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.